Hello and welcome. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Whitney Levesque, back again with another episode for you guys this week. As always, I'm so grateful to be here. I hope you're all having a wonderful Mercury retrograde. Um, which, by the way, my friend just told me something really cool this morning about Mercury retrograde. Like, my friend literally just, like, they messaged me this morning to tell me this, and I thought this was really cool, so I figured I would share it with you guys. So, in Western astrology, which is, like, the standard astrology that I usually am referencing and talking about, and usually the type of astrology that you guys probably hear about on social media and wherever you're getting your astrology information, um, we tend to look at Mercury retrograde as being kind of, like, a, a negative thing and how, you know, it's, like you know, everything goes crazy and everything goes wrong and it, it's, you know, Mercury retrograde is so bad, um, which <clears throat> if you guys have been listening to me for a while, like, you probably know that I'm a big proponent of, you know, working with the energy instead of being like, oh my god, it's so bad. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very big on, you know, using how to, learning how to use that time efficiently and effectively. Um, but my friend was telling me this morning that apparently in Vedic astrology, which is, um, just another type of astrology, I believe it comes from India, I don't actually know too much about it, um, just like little bits and pieces, but my friend was telling me that in Vedic astrology, whenever there's like a Mercury retrograde or any retrograde, they actually believe that instead of, like, it being a time of, like, things going crazy and haywire, it's more of, like, almost like the universe is, like, putting you in a slingshot. So it's, like, getting you to go back and relook at things and, you know, plan things and revise things, you know, all those typical things that Mercury retrograde is here for. And then once the retrograde's over, it's like a slingshot just, like, you know, shooting you forward into whatever it is that um, you're planning to do. And I thought that was just such a great way of looking at Mercury retrograde. And I just wanted to share that with you guys in case, you know, some of you are having a really hard time right now or if things feel like they're all crazy and haywire. Um, you know, just look at it as, you know, the universe is just, you know, pulling you back so it can shoot you forward and, you know, hopefully into something really, really great. So yeah, I just thought that was cool and I thought you guys would appreciate it. So um, yeah, so let's talk about this week's podcast topic. So with Mercury being retrograde, I've been trying to take it easy on my podcast topics this, these couple of weeks that we've had, um, just because I don't want to do anything like too detailed because I'm worried I'm going to like miss a bunch of information or I'm going to like forget to add something or I don't know, but I, I figured I would just take it easy this week. And I figured I, I really wanted to talk about, like, the 12th house and Neptune specifically um, because I personally have just undergone a F-ton of 12th house transits. It was not fun, by the way. Um, I think it was probably a good, a good thing, but it was not fun at all. And on top of that, last year I had my um, 12th house perfection year. And for those of you who don't know what perfection years are, um, it's actually a like a Time Lord technique, I believe, that comes from Hellenistic astrology, which is not, again, it's not something that I know a lot about. Like, I, I'm, I know very little about Hellenistic astrology. Um, who knows, maybe eventually I will start to expand my knowledge on that because I do think it is very interesting. 
um, but I have very limited knowledge on this. Um, I just know that every year, based on your age, um, there's certain house transits that I guess seem to be more activated in your natal chart. Um, and you, you, if you look up like perfection years in astrology, or not astrology, but just like look up annual perfections or perfection years on Google, um, it'll, it'll show you like a big wheel and it'll have like numbers on it. You just find your age to find out like what house your current perfection year is in. And what's really interesting about these perfection years is that, you know, because we tend to live more than 12 years, um, there's like these different cycles of it. And a lot of people have a hard time with the 12th house perfection years, which to my knowledge is, you know, when you're 12 years old and when you're 23 years old. And it, it was really interesting because I didn't really notice it till I like started to look into it, but I, I did notice that for me, I did struggle with a lot of the same, not the same, but similar issues that I had when I was 12. Um, I, I don't really talk about this too much, but when I was 12, like I, I did experience like, you know, feelings of like depression for the first time. And I'm very thankful to say that like, I've never really, I've never, like I'm, I'm not kidding. Like this sounds dramatic, but I have never felt that bad, um, or as bad as I did back then. Like, I, that was, like, definitely something where I kind of, like, and I was 12, but somehow I, I kind of, like, learned from it, and I moved on, and I just made this, like, conscious effort to not let myself get into those habits and patterns again. And, um, you know, when I turned 23, there was definitely, like, a similar energy going on, and it was definitely not good. Um, like I definitely like being 23 and you know, if you, if you're past that age, like a lot of you probably understand this, like there's something about being 23 that is just really, really freaking hard. Um, you know, it's that weird phase where you're kind of like moving towards like your mid twenties and you're really kind of sort of becoming an adult and, um, you know, you're probably getting a lot of independence and, there's just all this, like, stuff that comes up, and, you know, I think a lot of us, like, reevaluate things, like, with our families, and, like, the way we were brought up, and it's just, it's so, it's, it's hectic, and especially with it being a 12th house year, it's very lonely, because the 12th house is all about isolation, and for me, it was just, like, oh my god, like, you feel, like, stuck, you feel isolated, you feel alone, um, and again, this was, these were similar feelings and themes that I had back when I was 12, like this feeling stuck, feeling isolated alone. And I know there's like a pandemic going on where a lot of us feel isolated right now, but, um, this is definitely like its own thing. And I, I was feeling, I had been feeling this way before the pandemic. So like, it was just a lot of like mental stuff coming up, stuff that I hadn't dealt with before. Um, you know, anxiety was kind of the new, new thing that came up. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm grateful for it because I, I've learned so much about coping and how to actually like take care of yourself and how to like do things so that, you know, you don't have to spiral or fall into those habits. Um, but I, I guess this really gave me a good understanding of the 12th house because 
the twelfth house, it's it's a very spiritual house. A lot of people don't like it because it is it's isolating and it's about in institutions. It represents um, things like you know hospitals, uh, and it's also very spiritual and it's very um, kind of scary because it's also about endings and beginnings. Um, I was listening, I was listening to something recently where, um, oh, what was it? I don't remember what it was, but I was listening to some astrology thing recently where someone kind of compared the 12th house to kind of being like, you know, going to an ashram or, um, you know, some other sort of religious place where you kind of go to be quiet, maybe like, like a silent retreat or something, or even, like, if you just go to church and you sit, like, quietly in church and, um, you know, you just try to connect with God in some way, and I was just thinking about how interesting that is because, um, even with, like, you know, like, in, if, if you guys work with chakras at all, like, the crown chakra is often associated with silence and connection to the, to the divine and a higher power and God, and it's interesting because, you know, they say that, in order to listen to God or get messages from God or talk to God, you do need to sit in silence. And, you know, that's kind of why people go to ashrams and silent retreats and sit in churches and, you know, I I don't know, whatever, whatever other religious or spiritual things that people do where, you know, they, they kind of quiet themselves to hear God and even meditation. Like that's probably another form of that. Um, And I think that that can be scary because when you go into those quiet, isolated places, like, you know, that's when all the thoughts come up and your mind just kind of goes wild. And, you know, we we see these things that we've kind of been pushing down and that we haven't really wanted to look at or acknowledge or address. And what I have found to be really fascinating about all of that is usually when you come out of 12th house transits... Um, at least in my experience anyways, some of you guys, you know, maybe you have different experiences, but I, what I've noticed from my 12th house, you know, transits and my perfection years is that every single time that I have gone through these, it's always like this like dark night of the soul where it's like, you know, everything feels horrible and you feel alone and like, you know, your mental health might just be like off the charts. Like, like, you know, you, mentally it's like every day is a self-care day type of thing. Um, and so that always happens. And then it seems to be that the way out of it is always sort of surrendering or calling on this higher power or, um, you know, make, trying to make that connection with God or whatever you believe in. It doesn't have to be God, but just some, some other force or, you know, even if it's just, you know, yourself, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm not trying to like put this in a box or anything, but for me, that has always been, been the thing. Like when I was 12 and I was actually like struggling with depression for the first time, um, you know, the way I started to actually come out of that and that was really, so I grew up in a very, you know, I, as some of you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, um, you know, I grew up in a very Christian family. And again, there were, there were pros and cons to that. Like, and one of those pros was that I did feel like I had this connection with God. Um, you know, even though I didn't really agree with everything that was in the Bible or everything that was taught to me about God and religion, um, I did feel like I had that connection to God or source or whatever you want to call it. And so I remember when I 
was going through this time of being depressed when I was 12, the thing that actually started to bring me out of it at the time was like reading my Bible and like praying and, um, you know, like it was weird actually. I remember, I remember like looking up something in the Bible when I was 12, like I Googled it or whatever. And I remember coming across some scripture because I, like, self-harm was, like, a big thing back then. Um, you know, like, I had friends that, like, did that and, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to shame anyone or, I mean, I probably shouldn't even say this, but I don't know. It just, it's, see, I'm not saying that this is a trend because, like, it, it, it's a, self-harm is a thing that a lot of people struggle with, um, and by the way, I apologize. I hope I'm not triggering anyone. I didn't think to put a trigger warning on this episode, but um, if you need to, just you know, you can fast forward a couple minutes or something. Um, so I apologize if this is upsetting anyone. But um, and I'll be sure to put a trigger warning in the in the show notes too. But um, what was I saying? So I don't know. I don't. I don't want to offend anyone. I know this is a very serious topic, and that a lot of people struggle with self harm. Um, but I remember at that age feeling like self-harm was, like, sort of a thing that, like, everybody was doing. Um, and I don't know if that was just because of, like, you know, the generation that I grew up in, people were all in this, like, emo phase and everyone was, like, depressed and, like, I don't know. And I'm, I'm not trying to trivialize any anyone's struggles because it's a very real issue and it's very serious. So I'm not trying to say that, like, doing those things is or was trendy, but... I just remember being that age and thinking, like, well, everyone's doing this, and, um, I ended up, so at some point, again, going back to what I was saying about God and the Bible, um, at some point, I, like, just randomly decided to Google something about, um, you know, like, what does the Bible say about self-harm or something, and, um, I came across a scripture about, like, it was about, like, the Bible described it as, like, it was something about a man who's possessed by demons, and he would cut himself with stones, and again, um, you might want to, like, fast forward through some of this, um, and I don't know what it was about reading that story, but it was, like, you know, the, I just, I read that once, and it was just, like, a light switch, like, all of a sudden, like, I just, I decided to stop, like, I don't know, like, I stopped being depressed, like, I stopped doing things that I knew were making me depressed at the time, Um, and that was just, like, for me personally, it was, like, a very big, pivotal moment for me spiritually. Um, and I'm not saying that, like, you know, the Bible is gonna fix everything or that everyone needs to go read the Bible or they need to do what I did or anything like that. I was just really young and that was, that was just the resources I had available to me at the time. Um, but... For whatever reason, though, like, reading that one scripture, like, got me out of that. And, like, I remember, like, my life just got, like, so much better from there for a little while. Anyway, um, like, things just felt really good. And then, like, I was out of, getting out of middle school finally, which I hated middle school. It was, like, the worst time of my life. And then I transferred to a new high school where, like, I didn't know anyone really. Or, I mean, I knew a couple people, but, like, almost no one. And it was just, like, very freeing and, like, I don't know. It was just it was good. And so that's what I find interesting about the 12th house uh, after that big long story, um, that was unnecessarily, 
long, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was just, I always find that with these 12th house transits, like there's that act of surrender or like having to really call on like some sort of higher power. And even now, um, kind of dealing with the residual side of this, because as some of you know, like when I turned like 21, I really, like after my parents got a divorce, I was like, I really started to get away from like organized religion or at least I started to explore like other religions and philosophies because I was just like curious and I never really settled on like one thing um you know because I in my opinion like there's there's a lot of I think good things you can take from everything even Christianity even though I'm not I don't consider myself Christian but um yeah I don't know but yeah so I went through that whole phase where I was like you know what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like be part of this like Christian stuff anymore and um I don't know now it's like because I I don't really have like that core belief system or that core I don't know like I'm not I'm still trying to figure out I guess what exactly I believe in um because I do know that I do believe that there's some sort of higher power I just don't know what that is and it's just interesting because, like, I've been going to a lot of psychics and Reiki healers and coaches and people that do this, like, spiritual work trying to get insight. And, like, every single person I talk to is, like, you need to, you know, establish that connection with a higher power, like, whatever it is. Like, and it just keeps coming up for me. And so now that I'm kind of moving out of these 12th house transits, it's, like, I'm just finding, again, that... um you know, I'm having to rely on, on this higher power, you know, like I'm, I'm having to figure that out and make that connection again. Um, which I'm actually really excited about and I feel really good about it. Um, but it's just interesting seeing that pattern of like, you know, where, what am I being called to do? And just seeing the similarities between, you know, now and like 12 years ago. Um, So that's, I don't know, it's just really interesting to me. And these perfections are really interesting to me. Um, You know, I definitely encourage you guys to sort of, like, take a look at, like, what perfection you're in now. And, you know, think about, like, what does that specific house mean? And how does it relate to your life? And even look back and, like, see the patterns. um, See see the patterns of just... um, you know, like, what what happened back then versus, like, what's going on now, because I think that can be really helpful and can give you a lot of insight. The other thing I wanted to discuss is just, like, Neptune as a planet. I was doing a reading yesterday, and I, I really, like, I was writing about Neptune, and all of a sudden, like, it just clicked for me, like, why Neptune is so confusing, because I always tell people that, like, wherever Neptune is in a natal chart, it just causes a lot of, like, smoke and mirrors and confusion because it's about, like, dreams and delusions and the rose-colored glasses. And what I learned is, like, the reason Neptune is so damn confusing is because Neptune's very emotional. It's a a watery planet. Not, like, literally, like, watery, but I mean, like, because it's associated with with, uh, Pisces. Um, It's, like, you know it's just very sensitive. It's very emotional. It's also very spiritual. And when I think about those things, like emotions and spirituality, like those two things are very confusing with them in themselves. Like, 
you know, they always say like, don't make decisions or even like read tarot cards when you're feeling very over the top emotional. And that's because like when we're feeling very emotional, our, our logical, rational senses tend to kind of get, you know, blocked by that. Like we can't see things for what they are because our emotions are coloring everything. And same thing with like spirituality and God and religion and, you know, all this stuff that's associated with the 12th house and Neptune, um, those things can be very confusing. Like, I, you know, obviously there are some people that have their set beliefs, but um, I think a lot of us, especially people who tend to be in this, like, spiritual community, um, you know, we, we tend to be like, you know, I don't really know, like, what God is or where to find God or... I don't know, like, just, there's so many different ways to look at God and, you know, the the higher powers and even things like spirit guides and, um, you know, like, the paranormal, like, even thinking about, like, just ghosts and stuff, like, all that stuff is, like, I don't know, like, it's, it's stuff that we, I think we know a little bit about, but it's, like, do we really know? And, again, that's that type of confusion that sort of comes along with planets like Neptune, I think, because it's, like, you know, we we only know so much about something. <clears throat> you know, I feel like we don't really, you don't really know everything until you, like, die, maybe. And even then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but, um, and even then, like, who knows if we know everything? Because, you know, we end up here, probably, at least I think we do. I, I totally believe in reincarnation, but, um, <clears throat> you know, it's like we end up back here and we have no memory of the other side, really. So, I don't know. I guess this whole thing has sort of turned into me rambling about my own spiritual ponderings and crisis. But, yeah, it's just given me a lot of insight about the 12th house and Neptune. And, oh, and one other thing I actually just recently learned that I'll probably talk about in a future podcast about children and astrology is that, um... Because the 12th house is about, like, endings and beginnings, I actually learned that um, the 12th house can actually be representative of, um, like, how your your mother's pregnancy was with you before you were born. So, um, the 12th house, because it's about isolation, um, it can kind of be about, like, being in the womb, um, which I thought was really interesting because I was also listening to... The Manifestation Babe podcast recently, and um, Catherine Sinkina had her shaman on there. Um, I think her name's Makosi, and they did a whole like podcast episode talking about this thing called the void. And <clears throat> I remember Makosi kind of said that the void is really kind of like being in the womb in a way, and it's like kind of like giving birth to yourself. And I just thinking about that now, I'm like, that's very symbolic of like moving from 12th house transits into the first house because the 12th house like I said it's like isolation it's like being alone in the womb and having that connection with a higher power and then when you move into that first house it's like the first house is all about you it's about you who you are your physical appearance and um that episode was just really interesting because she talks about how like not a lot of people actually make it out of the womb and from what I got out of it, it kind of sounded like the, being in that womb and moving out of it was kind of, um, kind of like, how do I put it? 
yeah, to me, it felt like she was saying it was kind of like peeling back all these like layers of yourself and really getting back to like your true essence. And I thought that was really interesting. And I think that's a lot of what the 12th house really does get you to do every, you know, 12 or so years. Um, you know, it really gets you, it gets you alone and then it really get, it like holds a mirror in your face and like gets you to like look at all this stuff that you haven't been addressing in the last 12 years and then you just have to kind of deal with it. Um, and it's hard work, but, 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 but even though it's hard work and it's not fun, um, I definitely think it's worth it because the 12th house also represents like, um, trauma and the subconscious and, excuse me, sorry, I keep like coughing you guys, but, um, yeah, it's about like doing that deep inner work and really like clearing out all the crap and, um, yeah, it's, I think in the end it can be very, very healing. Um, and I'm glad to be out of it or working my way out of it. Um, I'm definitely finding there's still a lot more work that I need to do that's sort of residual of it. But, um, overall I think it's been really healing and really beneficial and I feel more connected to myself and definitely more connected to my inner child as well. I've definitely been doing a lot of like inner child work and nurturing, which you guys voted on Instagram, which if you're not following, following me, by the way, you can follow me at Whitney, the space switch. I, sometimes I do little polls to figure out what episode you guys want to hear, which is really fun. I also take suggestions. Um, but yeah, a lot of you voted on an episode about inner child healing and work so that is probably something I'm going to plan to do most likely after the retrograde's over um but yeah I hope you guys enjoyed this episode um I hope you guys have a great mercury retrograde uh and I hope this episode was beneficial to you guys um if you don't mind if you liked this episode please 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 do me a favor and leave a review on iTunes Um, it really helps out the podcast a lot. It helps more people to find this podcast and it also just means the world to me and I love reading them and sharing them and I love getting you guys' feedback. So definitely be sure to do that if you haven't. Um, but other than that, don't forget you are so much more than your sun sign and I'll catch you here next time on the Space Witch Podcast.